Welcome back to Raising a Healthy Family with Natalie K. Schwartz. I am your host. In this week's episode, I have my dear friend Senem on. She is a child play therapist and parenting coach. She's absolutely incredible. You guys are going to freak out over this episode. In this episode, she breaks down useful tips and verbiage to use in real time to support our toddlers and our little kids with their big emotions. I think this is such an important conversation to have. I can't wait for you to listen. So grab a pen and some paper. You're definitely going to be wanting to take notes. You'll literally be hanging on every word. So let's get right into the episode. All right, welcome to the podcast. Today I am so excited to have my girlfriend, Senem Pejahesh, with us. She is so freaking incredible. Like, literally, I could not be more excited to have her as our very first guest. So, Senem, I'm just going to run through and introduce you with all of your amazing accolades and then we'll hop right into it. But, um, Senem is a child therapist, and a parenting coach. She has been working with children for over 20 years in a variety of settings, including schools and alternative programs for children with emotional and behavioral challenges. She's worked at the Children's Hospital of Oakland with children with chronic disease, as well as with families with children with special needs. You have your BA in psychology from UC Berkeley, shout out California girls, and you have your master's from the California Institute of Integral Studies in Integral Counseling Psychology. So obviously you know what you're talking about. I am so freaking thrilled and um, I just, I'm so honored to to hold this space with you and to borrow your time because truly like you have been such a lifesaver. Like I always tell stuff and I feel like you're like the third leg of our marriage when it comes to parenting. I love it. <laughs> because I always am like, if we go through like, you know, something with Jack or, you know, whatever, I'm just like, I have to call Senem and I know I've called you in tears. And I just think that like there's people who are put on earth to do certain things and like you're an angel. Like you truly are. And like, I am so honored to be friends with you. Like the gift that you have and the ability through language to just transform a four-year-old is wild. And I just, uh, the the moms who are listening and dads too, you know, are going to just love all of the info you have. So, um, Oh gosh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you and so honored to be your first guest. And I know. I was just like, when I, yes, no, I am so, so happy. So I've put together a few questions and we'll kind of just, you know, talk about them. And some of these are things I've experienced with Jack and they're things that other moms have sort of requested too. And then at the very end, I put up a poll on Instagram or like a little question box in my stories. And I had a ton of people write in, like so many people need to, to know, you know, they need the work that you do. And I don't think that like as parents, we're just born knowing what to do, right? Like we carry a lot of baggage probably from our own childhood into how we parent or we try, try not to. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's so, there's just, there's so much information and yet, you know, it's really comes down to how we integrate what we've been through in terms of how it shows up in our parenting. So yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation and hopefully, hopefully be of support to your listeners. Oh my gosh, you totally will be. So the first thing that I wanted to ask you is what do you do when your child is misbehaving? Like hitting or biting, those sort of acting out behaviors. Um, Because I know you helped so much when Jack was four, he started doing this and we were like, oh my gosh, you know, like, where did this come from? And we were really like, you know, a lot of times I was left in tears over it because I'm just like, this is like not my sweet little boy who is acting this way. So I'd love for you to share, like, what does this mean? Right. And like some language that like moms can use right away to like help with this sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, so much depends on the child's developmental stage and their age, but let's just kind of give a general, you know, overview of, um, you know, quote unquote, I'm doing my quotes, um, misbehavior because you know, I think it can be so frustrating and also so scary as a parent when 
your child is acting in ways that are really out of alignment with your values and, you know, what you, what you've taught them, um, and, or just how you want them to be, or maybe it's causing problems at school or, um, in other settings. And I think it's really important to kind of boil down behavior because, you know, we look at behavior because it's like the external manifestation. It's what we see on the outside, but we don't always um, have the tools to look beneath the behavior to understand what the root of this is. And always, always, always cross the board at the root of every behavior, whether you're two or 22 or 42, <laughs> it, there's an emotional, there's emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when your child is hitting or biting or doing these acting out behaviors, these kind of external behaviors, there's an emotional root to it. And, you know, when I look at a be- at those behaviors, even just not knowing anything about the kiddo, I know that there's stress and dysregulation in their nervous system and that they're not feeling safe. And what kids do um, when they're not feeling safe is they set people up. It's called projection. And so we're always, they're always walking through the world, setting people up to feel what they're feeling, whether that's their caregivers or other kids. And so I like to really kind of become like a detective and just dig deeper um, you know, with what, um, what, what is he trying to communicate and what is at the core of this? Like, what's he feeling? What's he setting us up to feel? And usually, you know, if I can put myself in the shoes, which I have been, of yeah. a parent whose child is acting out or hitting or throwing things or just having colossal tantrums, I would feel scared, powerless, angry, but underneath anger, you know, really out of control, um, you know, like, like unsafe, um, and hurt, hurt, like a need is not being met. I need peace. I need calm. I need to know that I'm going to be okay. And so, and then we can look back and go, Oh, that's probably what he's trying to communicate. But at three years old or five years old, or even eight years old, they don't always have the tools to tell you I'm feeling powerless right now. Yeah. I could use some help. Yeah. Yeah. Like for, for example, like when we would say like, okay, Jack, like you can't, like if we like let him watch a show or something and we're like, all right, no more shows. And then he would sort of like, you know, freak out and be like, no, that's, you know, not what I want to do. And then we're like, Jack, like, you know, to stop, you know, stop doing that, like, or whatever. And then he would like lash out with either like hitting or like yell. And, um, I felt like it was a lot of him trying to communicate that he's, you know, powerless and not being seen. Totally. That's such a, that's such a perfect example. And it's also a transition point, which transitions are, um, the way our brain and nervous system work, transitions are actually perceived by our brain as a threat. So a lot of times kids acting out behaviors happen at transition points, whether it's like, okay, it's time to get out the door and they're throwing a colossal meltdown because they can't put their shoes on, right? Or nothing feels comfortable or they're, you know, or it's time to stop watching a show. That's a big transition point. And that really does elicit those feelings of fight, flight, freeze. Um, And what we need to do when we understand that that's what's going on for them, that he's trying to communicate to you, I'm not feeling safe. I'm feeling powerless, you know, and oftentimes we get triggered by it. And so our instinct is to squash it. Our instinct is to say like, knock it um, off, knock it off. You know, we don't act that way. You know, you're not supposed to hit, stop hitting, calm down. You know, you're telling, and I've done this too. Yes. (laughs) I've said, calm down. All of those things. I know. Stop it. Go in your room. Think about what you've done, right? All these things. And it's like, they're not capable. Even older kiddos, when they're dysregulated, they're not capable to think about what they've done and calm themselves down and, um, you know, just stop the behavior. They need you to get it. They need to know that you get it. Like, oh, you know, and so um, in terms of what we can be doing with this because it's great to like have the background but then it's like okay what do I do in the moment when 
that comes up and we really want to first and foremost, like you're put on your oxygen mask and take care of yourself. Like take your breath, feel your feet on the ground, like get in your body, whatever that takes. Um, Notice if you're getting triggered and if that's a pattern, because that's something, you know, for us to be working on constantly. Our kids are like highlighting our our triggers right and left. (laughs) But but what we want to do is let them know like, oh, buddy. So we want to connect. Oh, buddy. You know, I see, whoa, these are some really big feelings and your body has all this energy and it wants to hit. Show me another way. Oh, that was so pivotal for us. Like just acknowledging him in that moment, like, wow, Jack, I can see that you're so upset and like, show me another way. Like it it was transformational for us because I went through all of the stop that right now. You know, you're not supposed to hit, you know, and that just like went over his head. Yeah. I mean, they're literally not capable of it. Like the way our brain and nervous system get activated when we feel threatened and threatened is not like there's a lion outside. Threatened is my mom just told me to put on my shoes and I don't want to, Mm -hmm. or I have to change. Now it's time to go to bed. And that means a disconnect from my loved ones that I don't welcome. And so I'm going to go into a state of fight, flight, freeze. So absolutely. It's like you want to connect and, and then redirect. So give them a way to release that energy, to move it through to, you know, they, the energy, the emotional energy needs a place to go. It's okay to feel angry and, and it's always and not but. So, and let's find another way out. You know, it hurts my body. Like people aren't for hitting. Let's find another way, you know, and it could be, you might even give them things to help. Like show me with this pillow, show me with this Um, you know, show me with this towel, show me, you know, you can squeeze my hand, you can push the wall. I'm not gonna let you push your brother, but it's okay to push the wall. Let's help that. Let's help those feelings move through. And the more you validate when we feel understood and when children feel understood and met and like somebody gets it, then they don't need to use the quote unquote misbehavior to communicate. And they start to learn, okay, I've put words to their emotions too, or their experience. And if you don't know what their emotions are, just use big feelings. You're having really big feelings right now. And that's kind of a catch-all. But over time, as they develop, they're able to articulate that. And it's so powerful when they can just say, I'm having some really, really big feelings right now. Yeah. Staying in the connection and leaning into the emotion so that they can get it out without, without the acting out behaviors. They don't need that anymore. Yeah, I think that that's so good and so true. And I want to just briefly share one thing that you told us too. Like when Jack was like getting very angry and kind of being physical, it was, we need to keep our body safe. You know, like Mm -hmm. mommy has to keep her body safe. You have to keep your body safe so we can't hit. Like we have to keep our family safe, you know? And that I think for him really registered um, and kind of made him step back a little bit. And and sometimes the the height of how angry he got wasn't going to be in the moment redirected. And so I, you know, with your advice in those moments was sort of like, you can, I see that you're so angry or you're so mad and that's okay. Do you mind if I just sit here with you while you feel those feelings? Because sometimes I would like try and force a hug, you know, on him and he was not there for that. He was still so wound up, but I didn't want to like abandon him in that moment, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's totally, that's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think oftentimes we want things to move through so fast because it's inconvenient when our kids have these big feelings, but it's so important for them to clear it as well Mm -hmm. and move through it. So if they're not redirecting and it's not kind of those smaller things where they can just move through it pretty quickly and shift, you know, those big, big, big meltdowns, they're hard. It's a lot. They're sweating. It's hot. It's intense. But the more we can do exactly what you're talking about, Natalie, like sit with them. It's okay to feel this. You are safe. I am here. You're not alone. I'm going to sit with you while you have these big feelings. It's okay to get them out of you. Oh, um, it could just make me cry because it's yeah. just like, this is something that I didn't experience when I was little and not that like my mom was bad or anything like that. But I just think about like how much miscommunication there is between parents and children because we're just wanting to stop the behavior. 
like just stop it, you know, and we need to get down and feel it with them and be there for them. And I just think it's so beautiful the way that this can unfold and support them. Totally. I think most of us weren't parented this way. And I think it has a lot to do with a lot of the issues we face and the conflicts we face in our society right now. Yes. The emotional health hasn't been on our radar, but then yeah. this generation, you know, and us as parents really making those conscious choices and you don't have to be perfect all the time. You don't have to get it right. You're not going to, you know, I still lose it with my child on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. But um, but the more we, we we commit ourselves to doing the work to be there as a safe emotional support for them, the healthier they're going to be and their emotional health is taken care of, which contributes to every other aspect of our health yes. and well-being. Yes, <laughs> yeah. no, for sure. Um, okay, so I feel like we got that question so good. Um, okay. <laughs> and I wanted to segue into, and I just, Stefan and I were just, it like triggered in us like, holy crap, when you, you know, because we had Tommy. So I had, you know, Jack was three and a half when Tommy was born and we brought Tommy home from the hospital. And Jack was like, basically, why is he staying here? You know? And so that sort of transition, Jack and I were very, very close. And all of a sudden he's sharing me, you know? And so that created, he was not the he wasn't as welcoming to his brother. And I know that there was a lot of me being pulled in any which way. So would you just share like for them, all the moms out there who might be bringing home a new baby um, or they have a second child at home, if that child who's your first child is acting out, could you share like that scenario for the parents to truly get this of like bringing home another spouse? Yeah, totally. I love this analogy because I think it just like oh my God, really it's so good. brings light to it. Because oftentimes we're like, I did this for you. You know, I brought you another baby so that you could have a little sister or brother so that you're not an only child so that you have a playmate and you're going to be so close. And then there's this, you know, and I think all every parent wonders how their oldest is going to react yes. to having a new baby. But um I like to think of it as, you know, you are with your spouse or your partner and you are just bonded and happy and you have this beautiful connection and it's so special and he's the center of your world and you're the center of his world or her world and it's just everything. It's your whole universe. And then one day, your spouse, I'm just going to use the word he to make it easier, but okay. he comes home and he's like, I brought this other woman and she's going <laughs> to live with us and she's going to stay and you're going to love her and it's going to be so wonderful. And we're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Like, I didn't oh ask for this. My the earth just shattered underneath my feet. And now this woman is like, going to share your husband. Yeah. Sharing your husband and needing him to like dote on her, like for every need possible. I mean, how would you feel in those circumstances? And those are the shoes that your child is standing in when you yes. bring home a new baby, even in the best of circumstances, when your kids are so happy and so joyful, the impact is there. It's not bad, you know, but it's really having that, taking that step back to go, oh, this is like, there's a magnitude to their experience of like how their world has changed. Yes, absolutely. So what are some like tips or that the, you know, parents can do to help ease that transition and honor that first kid who's at home, how they might be feeling? Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously empathy is always my go-to. Mm -hmm. So really, really just holding space for whatever the other, you know, the older children are going through that there's both sides and you can be having conversations about how we're, you know, we're really happy that baby just joined our family. And there are some parts about it that might be hard too. And it's okay to share those with mommy or daddy. And it's okay to talk about those because we are here to listen and, um, and we're here to support you. 
and making sure that, you know, when your child, and I know it's a balancing act and a total juggle, but making sure that when he or she is acting out and, you know, doing the things, because they're probably not going to come and say, mommy, I'm feeling jealous that yeah. you're paying attention to the baby. They're probably going to do shit that yeah. is really like <laughs> invasive and bothersome and annoying and triggering, but that's how they're communicating again. So really being able to meet that and allow them to have those feelings, allow them to just release those in connection with you. Um, and then of course, you know, resourcing yourself as much as possible. I think, you know, our society obviously is not set up to support new parents, um, you know, and so we, it's really on us to resource ourselves and, you know, bring in help and don't be afraid to ask for help so that you can have things like a little bit more rest so that you can be with, you know, be with the kids and be able to hold space for their emotions so that you can also have one-on-one time with your older kiddos and making sure that they know. I also think it's helpful for them to, um, you know, like if you're nursing for them to have a baby that they can be taken care of while you're taking care of the actual baby. And so that they know that like they're important too, that they have a job and a role here um, in whatever way you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's little things. Yeah, no, those are so good. And I feel like that will help so many people too, because I think that that's something, again, you're just not prepared for. That's not intuitive to to know how to react because Jack never expressed those things. I mean, he was three and a half. He, I don't think he had the wherewithal to say, I'm feeling jealous right now. You know, all of those, it was acting out in different ways. And so the, that is super, super helpful. Okay. I lose my patience, believe it or not, as we all do, I'm sure, and um, probably more than I'd like to admit, Um, but I think that this is so important, and I know that you've sort of shared about this um, before with me, but when you snap at your child or lose your patience, do you apologize to them immediately? Like what language should you use? Because I have really been trying to like, if I snap at Jack or say something, I will like immediately, you know, recognize it and go, you know what? Mommy is sorry. I'm sorry that I yelled at you. I'm working on being better and I shouldn't have yelled at you. And I you know you're smiling because <laughs> you, it's your language. <laughs> You know, like yeah. even sometimes when I'm like hel- like talking to Jack, Stefan will just be like, "You sound just like Sam," and I'm like, <laughs> I literally say word for word what she tells me to do. Oh <laughs> you know, so but I think that you know, like, especially with multiple children or even with one child, I mean, it's it's crazy. Life is crazy. The world is crazy right now. So it's like, patients are limited, and snapping and doing all the things come. So what should you do in those instances to show that you show your child what what's right? Totally. You should do exactly what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, and I think one of the things we don't do is acknowledge, at least in the parenting, even the parent coaching world, we don't talk about how freaking hard it is to be a parent and how hard it is to get triggered by your kids. And how sometimes parenting isn't fun and that we all lose our cool. I lose my cool sometimes even, you know, with all my background and studying and all of that because I'm human. There's absolutely, it doesn't matter cognitively how much we know implicitly we come with our own trauma and stories and history that inform how our nervous system reacts. Um, So in terms of what we do, I mean, we all, you know, obviously if it's happening to a really great extent and you're losing your cool beyond what is, seems healthy, um, seek some professional guidance in order to, you know, support you through that. But, um, but, you know, for those day-to-day things that happen, we get frustrated with our kid, we snap, we raise our voice, you know, and you may not be ready immediately that second, but as soon as you possibly can, you just want to repair it. And um, there's actually a lot of research that shows that the repair is the most important part of how we do relationships. 
Ugh. Because we're always going to have rupture in relationship. We're always going to fuck up and we're always going to have breaks. Does, in the this, connection. does this count for marriage? Should I yes, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. Because, I mean, here you are, two humans with all your baggage. Shit, all your yeah. baggage showing up to the table, trying to do life together with, you know, sometimes different worldviews and all of that. So, absolutely, it counts for marriage, it counts for business partners, any of it, when you lose your cool, when you snap, when you have a falter, a Mm -hmm. rupture in the connection, you want to come back. And so um, I think of it as a several step process. So the first thing we do is just acknowledge, you know, I, um, just like you said, you know, mommy lost my cool and I raised my voice or I yelled or I said something that I wish I hadn't said. I, I used an unkind word with you. And then you validate. So you come back and say, I, I imagine that felt scary to you. Mm. Or I imagine that felt really sad for you. That's or I bet, I bet that made you feel really angry. You know, and you'll know how, based on how your child reacted. Mine tends to get scared when I raise my voice, which of course is like so sad. But, yeah, you know, it's just what it is. Um, and so I know that was, you know, so you acknowledge and then you do the apology. I am, I am sorry. You don't have to grovel at their feet, right? It's yeah. not like, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Cause then you're asking them to take care of you. Yeah. You want to you own your stuff and just own that you're going to work through it. I'm oh, I think sorry. that's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, and if it's not the words, I'm sorry, it's, I see you, I see how this felt for you. Um, I am going to work on, or mommy's working on using a calmer voice when I get frustrated. Um, so the acknowledgement, the validation, the, you know, apology, the repair itself, and then the future intention, right? So what am I, what am I working on? And they get to see, I mean, I, think so many of us grew up in the day and age where parents were like up on a pedestal and they were infallible and, um, and they weren't human, you know, and either they were crazy and not human or they were completely contained and just holding it all together and putting on this facade of perfection when in fact they were humans having emotions that they were just were completely disconnected from. And so when your kids get to see you being human and messing up and losing your cool and then making it better and actually working on your stuff to be the mama you want to be or the daddy that you want to be or just the person that you want to be, um, it is so powerful for them. And, you know, I think it's just building blocks for their development and their commitment to working on themselves. Oh, that is just so good. And I know I should have said this in the beginning. And if you haven't already, but you need a pen, a pen and paper, and you should be taking notes, pausing this, writing this down, because honestly, like it is so true. And I feel, um, so much better. I don't hold so much guilt when I do lose my patience. And then I apologize and, you know, go through those steps with Jack that I like am able to release it from myself. I'm not like, God, like I shouldn't have done that. I'm the worst. What kind of mom am I? You know, like it in a way sets me free to be able to show up and and own it and apologize and let him know like, Hey, I'm having a human experience, but I'm your mom and I love you and I'm going to do better. Awesome. That's so amazing. I know it is like we hold so much guilt. Oh, I lost my cool or I messed up. Well, it's also a learning experience for them. They learn, I lose my cool and I repair it and I am still in connection with the people that I love. Like I am lovable no matter what. And I think that's a message we really kind of lose with our kids. Cause it's like, when you're angry, you get shut in your room and shut out when you're, mm. you know, misbehaving, then you're bad, you know, you're being bad or you're not Will being you good. Touch on um, that. Like if a parent is upset and they just say, go to your room, like what is, is that? I know, I don't want to say what's right, what's wrong, but like, I know that sometimes I've gone there, like, I'll be like, just get upstairs, like, go to your room. Like, I'm just so at the freaking end that I just, I'm like, what the fuck do I even do? Like, just go to your room, <laughs> you know? Like, or I'm so frustrated. But then I immediately feel guilt because I don't want to banish him away and have him feel like the the way he was just 
acting was wrong or, or some, I, I don't know. Can you elaborate on that just briefly about like, be, like sending away to the room totally. or something? Totally. And I think it depends on the child. So, um, I mean, I'm a big proponent of the mama timeout or the parent timeout, like putting yourself in timeout. So I'll go in the bathroom and close the door. But I think what we really need to do with our kids is let them know that a rupture in the relationship or big emotions does not mean that you lose love and connection. And Mm -hmm. so letting them know, you know, I think you need to go to your room and take some space. If you have a kid, like my kid cannot go to her room and take space. It is really traumatic for her actually to do that. So, you know, so I, I take space. Um, But the way, the way we need to do it is really, again, it's the validation and the acknowledgement. Like I need some space right now. I love you. And I am having a really hard time with what's happening between us right now. I'm going to take a moment. I need to breathe. I need to tap. I need to wash my face. Whatever it is that you do to ground and regulate yourself, do it. Um, and there are kids, and I work with a lot of them, who do so much better with space, with going to their room, and then they'll often, you know, start to build their Legos and, you know, kind of just settle themselves and soothe themselves organically through the space. And then you can come back together and have a conversation. And if, if that's your child, then honor that too. But I think in that moment when we're really frustrated and the more we do this practice of acknowledging the emotions, you know, understanding that there's something at the root of their misbehavior and, um, you know, parenting through connection, the less we're going to feel like, you know, I need to banish him to his room. Like yeah. I just need to get the heck away from this person, but it's still going to happen at times. And so, um, so I think it's really the intention that we do it with that, um, that makes the difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So the last question that I have for you before we hop in, I'm going to do two questions from Instagram, but the last question that I had for you was, um, what are the things that kids do when they might be seeking our attention that we might shrug off as like, quote unquote, you know, bad behavior or, you know, Jack's acting out or he's not, you know, not listening, which I think a lot of times is a sign that they're seeking attention, but they don't know how to, you know, say, mom, I need attention right now. Totally. I mean, kids do all kinds of things to try to get our attention. And what, um, you know, I know our parents' generation kind of labeled it as he just wants attention, don't give it to him. Mm-hmm. Because as if, as in you're feeding the behavior, mm-hmm. but kids want connection. That's what they want. It's how they regulate. It's how they learn. It's how they grow. It's everything to them. Like kids are feeling machines and connecting little beings. So of course they want attention. They want as much of our attention as they possibly can get. And so they do all kinds of things, you know, and the, um, the acting out behaviors are often one of them, especially if they're feeling, you know, if there's other things going on or we haven't been able to make connected time with them for a little while. And so I'm a huge proponent of teaching kids from very early on how to ask attention Mm. and letting them know, you know, Hey, oftentimes it comes up between siblings where they'll hit the little sister or they'll, you know, shove the little baby, you know, off the couch or something. That is my life. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Jack's very much that way with Tommy. Yeah. It's like, well, this will get her attention. This will engage her. And they don't discern between negative attention and positive attention. They just know that this is going to be Full, full engagement right here. Right? <laughs> this, is, this is like there is no other choice she will have. Um, it's almost like a hostage situation, right? Yes. Like, okay, oh now God. we're stuck here. So really teaching them, you know, and again, redirecting that behavior. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whew. I see you and I see that. Wow. And I never use you. So I would say, Tommy just got pushed. Ouch. Okay. Not like you pushed Tommy, right? 
because yeah. that, that, that elicits shame. And it also think about when someone's like, you did this, what immediately happens, your defenses go up. You're not going to acknowledge it. You're going to be like, no, no I, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your defenses go up. And so we want to help them keep their defenses down too, uh, and be able to be able I'm, to just go. I'm learning about myself through my mom's reflection back to me that, oh, this is what I do for attention. I push my brother. Oh, but I don't have to do that. I can say, hey, mommy. So we just say to them, you know, you can ask me, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'll just go for the meeting. Tommy just got pushed. Um, You know, we keep each other safe in our home. We keep Tommy safe and we keep Jack safe. I'm not going to let you push Tommy, but it sounds like you really wanted my attention. Mm. You know, you can just ask me, mama, I need some attention right now. Yes, that is so good. And even let them try it, you know, try it. Do you want to say it? Let's see what happens, you know, and you can make it playful. Let's see what happens. And, um, and then you, they do it and you're like, oh, come here. Right. Um, and so, so we just need to really guide them because Humans don't know. I mean, think about all the things adults do to get their partner's attention oh my when gosh, we're not feeling met, right? And so <laughs> we ha- we just haven't learned safe ways or like the healthy ways to be a human with emotions, with impulses, and integrate all of these things in a way that's effective and works in relationships. So, so you get to guide them. Yeah, no, no, that's so good. I, I really appreciate that. And I just learned something right away because I'm always like, you look what you just did to your brother. Like Tommy's crying, you know? So instead of saying that to be like, Tommy just got pushed or Tommy, you know, instead of the you. Well, and it, that the you also gives them attention for the misbehavior. Mm. So the you is, oh, now the focus is on you. Whereas when the sibling gets hurt, we want to focus on the sibling because we want to teach empathy too. Mm-hmm. So Tom, Tommy just got hurt. I wonder how he feels and how can we make it better with Tommy, you know? Right. And so we're also teaching him to repair with Tommy. Tommy, you know, maybe you pet Tommy's back or maybe you give Tommy a hug or maybe you bring Tommy an ice pack and just ask, are you okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, totally. There's... Yeah, I love this. And I know that like, you know, sometimes Stefan and I will do really good and like we're like totally doing our Senum talk, you know, like we're like following all of the things that you tell us to do. And then other times like you do, you get so frustrated or you're in the moment and it's crazy and you're like, shit, I have the tools up here in my toolbox, but like I go, you go blank, you know, and it's just like, you're like, oh, what should I done? And so I think that that, you know, going back to that repairing thing. So it's like in the moment you're heated, even if you're, you know, messed up and you didn't take it the right way you wanted to like give yourself grace because we're all lose it. And we all, you know, sometimes fumble and there's not a guidebook for how to be the perfect parent. But I think going back and repairing with your child and, and, it just is so, so important. That's like one of my biggest things that I think is so good because I think for a lot of people too, there's like that pride thing there. Like, I'm not going to, like my kid was in the wrong. Like, I'm not going to go like mommy was sorry for yelling. Like they shouldn't have been a dick, you know, like there's like this sort of thing. And I think that we have to just get down on their level and, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to raise these kind, sensitive, compassionate, loving human beings. And, and I think that the tools that you just gave are invaluable. Like literally I am going to go back and listen to this recording and, and take notes. Um, but two questions that I pulled from the Instagram, um, question box. One was power struggles during a time of change. So like what's coming up for your kid, you know, there's a big change happening and there's sort of this power struggle dilemma happening. What um, advice would you give to that mom? I think the advice I would give is the, the thing that we talked about in the beginning of the show around becoming the detective and digging deeper and knowing that behavior and the pushback and all of that is your child's way of letting you know that they're feeling powerless. And feeling powerless is really painful for them. It's mm. really hard. It's vulnerable. It's sad. It's 
all the things. And so knowing it's kind of like we can, we can expect that when our kiddos are going through a big time of change, you know, whether it's new school, um, moving homes, you know, change in nanny, change in, you know, loss of a loved one or something like that, loss of a pet, um, they're going to probably express a lot of their emotions and how they're doing through their behavior and making sure that we are um, the captain of the ship. So we're not here to engage in the power struggle and being right versus wrong is such an unfortunate, you know, kind of way that we human sometimes because there is no right and wrong. There's two people, you know, having a disconnect whose ultimate well-being depends on reconnection. And so when your child is having, you know, those difficulties and really pushing back on you, try to really build that empathy you know, really build that compassion for what he or she might be going through. Um, do the emotional, you know, check in the emotion coaching. Like, I see, you know, I see that you're having a lot of big feelings. I know there's a lot going on in our life right now, too. You know, mommy just got a new job, um, whatever it might be. And sometimes when there's big change, you just acknowledge it. Sometimes when there's big change, we have really big feelings. And sometimes those big feelings come out in how we, how we act. And I want you to know that your feelings are safe with me and it's okay. And, and then, you know, when they're mis quote unquote misbehaving again, really help them get to that core of the emotion. So it's like, let them have the meltdown and be in it with them and lean in, hold space, you know, um, elicit that sense of safety. It's safe to feel this. It's okay. And help them move through the emotions. It's when we have stuck emotional energy that we power struggle because we haven't been able to release something it's in us and we are feeling vulnerable. So we dig our heels in harder. to what we want or how we think things should be. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Okay. Um, and, and just resource yourself again. I feel like we like always have to have our oxygen mask and always have to be doing our own work. So, you know, make sure you're venting to your mama friends or your parent friends about, you know, the things that are going on so that you're supported and then you can come back to your child and not enter into the power struggle with them. When we, when we're feeling a power struggle with our kiddo, something from our past has been triggered across the board, a a time in our lives, whatever it might be, where we've had some kind of unresolved emotion, unintegrated emotion that helped, that led us to feel powerless, out of control, unmet. And so we want to deal with our little inner child as well, so that we can be showing up for our actual child from a place of integration and wholeness and adulthood rather than our little frustrated, powerless inner child digging her heels in and running the show. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good to to think of it that way too. Okay. So the last one, um, how do you boost confidence? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is it, is it a good one or no? <laughs> good one. I okay, like okay. this one. I mean, obviously, there are so many things we could do to boost confidence. But I think, you know, obviously, for me, this lens of emotional regulation and emotional health is huge because when you are okay with your own emotions, you trust yourself. You trust yourself. And when you trust yourself, you can lean into the world with more confidence, with more resilience, just knowing that I am okay, no matter what, I am okay when I am angry, I am okay when I am sad, I can get through this and do hard things. And when we teach kids to ride the waves of their emotions, and that they will be okay, and they will be loved and safe, all the way through it to the other side, we teach them that they can do hard things. So that's a big one. And then of course, um, really taking care of ourselves and doing our work, really paying attention to our self-talk. Are we telling our kids that they can do anything and that they are strong, but we're believing that we are incapable 
and unlovable and unacceptable. Because if we are, then it's really, there's some big work for us to be doing. And our kids are going to, they are mirrors for us. So they're going to reflect back to us what we need to work on. So if your child is showing up as a perfectionist and nothing is good enough and they're being really hard on themselves, also really take a look at where that's shown up in your life. Um, because I can pretty much guarantee you the more you do your healing work and we do, I'll say we, cause I'm in it yeah. too. We do our healing work, the less it gets reflected back to us and the more our kids can feel fully emboldened, empowered, empowered yes. to be who they're supposed to be and who they want to be. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that was a good one. Thank you so, so much. I just yeah. so appreciate it. I feel like I could talk to you and ask you questions oh, for hours, hours, <laughs> hours. But um, is there, um, let me see. I wrote down, um, what do you think the most important thing we can do to raise kind, happy children is? Just yeah. off the top of your head. These will just be like rapid fire questions. Oh my Doesn't gosh. Most, the most important thing, allow them and ourselves to be who we are. Allow ourselves to be fully human in our whole range and learn to love and accept ourselves and teach them to love and accept themselves fully as they are. And resources, things to continue to support parents. I feel like, you know, parents are so unsupported and then we're winging it. Like we're just yes. winging it. And so I really wanted to have a space where parents can come for free, easy peasy, and just glean away the nuggets that can help them just get through their day or get through their week. Um, so the village is my parenting Facebook group. And, um, and I'm on the web at this point at www.coloradoplaytherapy.com as well for my awesome and I'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes and if you go to Senem's Instagram and click on the link in her bio you can join the Facebook group her village parenting group right there but you should do that ASAP like as soon as you are done listening to this go join that because she does give so much free valuable content in there and it's so so helpful so thank you so so much for being here I just adore you and this was such an important conversation to have and I know it's gonna just help so many people oh my gosh thank you for having me